Jack. Brian? Listen, podcasts are a good way to make money. I've not found that to be true. It's true because if you can get them to carry obituaries on your podcast, you can make money. It's a, it's a weird, it seems like a dark, weird way to make money. It's, it's out there, Jack, and I've done all the research I needed to do. And so you can make money running obituaries on your podcast. The only thing is it has to be, you know, serious. It's a death, Jack. It's sad. Right. Of course. It's very sad. I mean, it, it makes total sense. Um, obituaries, you know, used to be run in the newspapers back when those What are those, one asks. (laughs) Exactly. You and I are too modern to know. But apparently there were things called newspapers and things called obituaries and they, newspapers would run them and make money. That makes sense. And now, now they're read on podcasts, Jack, and I actually have an, I have a connection. They're trying to hook me up. They want to get podcast obituaries read on our podcast and you're the guy to do it. Why am I the guy to do it? Because you kind of got that voice, the everyman voice, you know, you know, you listen to it. You're like male, female, not sure. And and that's kind of, everybody can relate to that voice. My voice, uh, very masculine, uh, very professional. People can't relate to that. Right. It's sort of too perfect. It's a little too perfect. So um, mm. I've got an obituary for you. Okay. And if you can read it and get through it like decently, like, you know, professionally with the gravitas you need for an obituary, we can make some scratch. Well, that'd be great. So all I have to do is read this obituary that I've never read before. Yes. And without like, you know, breaking character or giggling or anything like that. And we're going to get paid money. Yes, that's right. You read it with gravitas and we announce this sad death and we, we get a cha-ching in there. Okay. So I love it. uh, I emailed it to you. It should be in your inbox any second. Uh, Yes. Okay. There you go. Hold on. Open. All right. Okay. I've got it open. I've never read this before in my life. Let's do it. Take it away. Gravitas. Okay. Dr. Maxwell D. Rabinowitz died peacefully in the garden of his home on Thursday. He was 88. Born and raised in White Plains, Dr. Rabinowitz attended Columbia University undergraduate before receiving his doctorate in quantum entomology at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Dr. Rabinowitz was the world's leading expert in the field of bumblebee orgasms and penned five books dedicated to the subject. In his final book, Buzz Buzz, ooh, Dr. Rabinowitz set out to prove how incredibly important bumblebee orgasms were to the Earth's ecosystem. He developed and pioneered the use of the the micro microphone, a tiny recording device he would place in beehives and large tulips to capture the sounds of bumblebees climaxing. In 1987, he released a compilation of these recordings titled Very Bee Coming published by the record label BMI. (laughs) It topped the Billboard charts in 1987. In 1998, Dr. Rabinowitz sued musician Sean P. Puff Daddy Diddy Combs after Combs sampled the doctor's collection of bee orgasms in the song, I Love You, Honey. The suit was settled out of court for an undisclosed sum. However, Combs alluded to it in his song, I done paid bee hump doctor 10,000 Benjamins. Dr. Rabinowitz is survived by his wife, wife Ruth, daughter Sarah, sons Noah and Ethan, and adopted son Shaka. <laughs> there will be a memorial service on Thursday at Temple Beth Emanuel. In, uh, internment will be held Sunday at Sharon Memorial Park. Visitors are strongly advised to bring bug repellent. <laughs> ah, didn't get that one. Ah, it's sad. 
You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Hey, Brian. Hello, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Thank you for asking on a podcast as if we were friends. You're welcome. Uh, what, uh, what is the, the big news in your family? You've always got some, uh, you know, big, uh, coming or going as a kid in college and all well, that nonsense. Boys in college, but he's coming home tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Even though this will air the week after Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what is the, the big news in your family? You've always got some, uh, you know, big, uh, coming or going as a kid in college and all well, that nonsense. We're kind of like empty nesters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One kid's in college, one kid's in boarding school. Yep. Got a dog. Right. How's boarding school going for the uh, for the younger boy? Uh, he seems to enjoy it. Okay. Uh, it, it has a lot of subjects that that interest him, and he seems to have a cool a roommate in his dorm. And uh, he, he, he we we hear good things. Although he did get detention. Oh. Um, yeah, the other day we got a notice that he would have to go spend an hour and a half sitting in a room. Wow. Do we know what he did? Yep. Uh, Would you mind sharing with us? Yeah, he was late to class. And and so in a strict boarding school uh, type of scenario, you get a pretty severe punishment. Apparently, yeah, they don't, they don't uh, brook people being late to class. So he, he apparently overslept. He's, he claimed he did not set the alarm on his phone correctly, which I can relate to. And yep, uh, yep. and his roommate, who normally gets up before him and wakes him up, was actually out of town that day. So he didn't have a backup. Yeah. Uh, so he was we forgave him on our side. But, you know, the the place is a little strict. And, um, you know, so they enforce that rule, which is not a bad thing. Sure. Well, uh, I don't forgive him on my side for whatever that's worth. Um and but it, it does sort of remind me, uh, you know, I know you when we would talk about your your past and, and your schooling, uh, you losing your mom at the age of 14 <laughs> and all that stuff, you know, from your childhood. I remember that you used to be uh, you were called the uh, the the king of detentions because you got detention almost every single day. Is that right? Yeah, I was pretty much the master of detention. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, I would they called me Mr. D. Mr. D. Right. Yes. But, and, and that was short for. Uh, well, I was fairly well endowed as a teenager. And so that moniker is understandable. Right. But I was also very late. So I got, I acquired detentions every day. Wouldn't that be Mr. T for Mr. Tardy? Uh, no, it just, I mean, it, it morphed into Mr. DD. Oh, which is what? I was very endowed and I was tardy. Oh, okay. for detention. Oh, for detention. Okay. Mr. D.D. <laughs> Mr. D. Okay. Uh, well, that's cool. Mr. D. So, you know, I was wondering, you know what, you want to share a few of your um, sort of your more memorable uh, detentions? I remember uh, one time you got to detention for an entire month for something that you did uh, in high yeah. school. I think it was ninth or 10th grade. Yeah. What, what happened? Not- what happened that time? Well, I mean, well, back then, you know, we had the AV cart. That's something that most kids today probably don't know about, but mm-hmm. it, it was just a big, tall rolling cart, had a TV on the top yeah. and a VCR in the middle. Yeah, and, of course. And usually the, the guy from the IT club would uh, 
would, you know, kind of push it into the room Yep. and kind of wheel it into the room and plug it in and pop in the cassette tape. And that was your class. If the teacher was lazy, they just press play and then they leave. That's right. So that was the AV card. So those were very heavy. Right. And so what we like to do, um, or I like to do, and I you know, get my friends. So you'd be upstairs on the top floor. We had a three-story school. Mm-hmm. So you had a staircase on either side of the school. And we do AV cart races. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you sit on a TV, you know, kind of how like it's a bucking Bronco. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the, what that is, but I understand the words you just said. So I, what I, my idea was you sit on top of the TV and then we push it down the stairs and you kind of ride it like a bucking Bronco all the way down. Mm-hmm. How'd that turn out? Who won the race? Uh, well, David Fitzpatrick was paralyzed <laughs> from the waist down. Um, it was unfortunate because the card immediately tipped over to the side and dropped him down the stairwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went straight down the middle of it. He didn't hit, uh, landed on the floor. Unfortunately, he didn't die. That's great. Um, and you know, he was the one who chose to ride on the bucking television. Yeah. But because it was my idea, I got punished. Uh, what? It sounds like it's his, uh, he should be the one getting the attention for not taking better care of his spine. I, you know, they, that was kind of my attitude. I was like, listen, I, you know, I came up with the idea. Yes. I helped put him on top of the TV set. Sure. I pushed the AV card down the stairs. Yes. Cause someone had to do it, mm-hmm. but you know, it was not my idea to fall off of the TV set, to drop down the stairwell, to cause tremendous damage to my back, that kind of thing. And I, you know, whatever a month I did my month, I paid my dues, Yeah, got my tattoos to show for it. And that's all. That's all. There, it's over. It's another chapter in my history. You got a lot of detention tattoos. Yeah. Like what? Like wh- where are some of your tattoos, and, and what are they of? Well, the elbow is a big one. Like in prisons, you'll see a spider web. They often put a spider web on their elbow. Of course. Well, I did like an AV cart. <laughs> Just commemorate uh, Fitzgibbons or whatever his name was. Yeah. Like, fall. Yeah. That's- Just to you know, it's to remind me. Of him, but only if I do like pull-ups in a mirror because it's on my elbow. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Other than that, I, I don't think about him otherwise. Sure. Now, is, isn't it true that like on your back, like closer to the base of your neck, you had like the third floor stairs and the middle of your back, you had the, the boy falling and at the bottom uh, of your back, right near your butt crack, you had the, the floor? Yeah, well, the floor with also Mr. PV standing there. Steering angrily. So Mr. Peavy saw the whole thing. He saw the boy fall? Yeah, he was the principal. Okay. And 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 so he, uh, so the boy just dropped right in front of him? Yeah. I mean, how's that for bad timing? <laughs> it's really bad that guy, timing. Big school. He's always walking around, but, you know, he has to f- be smack dab where what's his diddles fell, fell down. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, yeah. and I, it's crazy that you took up your entire back to, to commemorate this uh, this event. Because I want other people to learn about it. I just don't want to be reminded. So it's on my back. No, absolutely. And, and what do you have? You have a detention tattoo uh, on your belly? Yeah, my stomach. Yeah. What is that of? Well, I just do. I would do one line for every day I was in detention. <laughs> so right now it looks like the grill of a Ford F-150. Right. Doesn't seem that artful to me. No, it's not. It's it's really, my wife hates it. It's not particularly attractive. I, I feel embarrassed when I wear 
a bathing suit. <laughs> and you and you would give these to yourself in 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 detention, I guess. No, there are other guys in detention who would take, you know, there was a whole system in detention. You kind of, you'd have to choose sides. Do I want to be with the Aryan nations? Do I want to be with the black guys? Do I want to be, you know, over here with the Hispanic gangs? So it's just kind of, you know, you, you, it's really like Game of Thrones in those places. It's weird for sort of an upper middle class Boston school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, a lot of kids said that and they, they were, you know, uh, it was unusual. And they, the, the thing is like the, the school was extremely white. Mm -hmm, yeah. So they, they would have to bus in the kids for detention. <laughs> Well, you know, there was no diversity. It was right. very not diverse. Man. <laughs> well, that's uh, well, that's, that's great that they were able to give those kids an opportunity to sit yeah. and not learn in a great school like yours. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a chance to kind of be there and be like, oh, this, this would be nice. You know, it's, it's the thing I always say to you, and that's government works and social engineering works. Every yes, time. it does. Every Absolutely. Yeah. Never fails. Never fails. That's, well, that's great. Crazy about detention. You know, and, and while we're on the subject of education, the, the thing I had actually planned to talk to you about was, um, you know, I know it's ironic that you got into trouble a lot in school because now you create a lot of curriculums for colleges these days. Is, is that right? I do. Yes. Colleges big time in the news lately for some of their uh, their interesting um, philosophies and what they are teaching their students and what they're allowing yeah. their students to do. So I was wondering, you know, was, uh, you know, I know you're on sort of a freelancer for a number of different schools, especially a lot of Ivy schools. You know, would mm -hmm. you mind talking to us about some of the the classes that you guys have coming up for the um, winter uh, 24 uh, semester? Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about my line of work. That's well, that's so great. Um, so uh, I know you had said that you were working on um, on a math curriculum, which is odd because you would think that was just sort of, you know, numbers or teaching about the area or circumference or whatever they teach, you know, in in college uh, math. You know, what sort of curriculum are you writing for the Ivy Math uh, School? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of kids are coming out of the high schools with only a basic understanding of math. Maybe they they might know algebra, geometry, trigonometry, some calculus, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they don't really understand the the ethical implications of math or uh, how math and social justice are intertwined. Mm. And so we're adapting a curriculum there, mm. um, you know, to obviously help them uh, understand the the colonial roots of math <laughs> and it's white supremacist history. Sure. And, uh, you know, we help them work through that. That's great. So what, what's the name of the class? Numbers up. <laughs> so not, not like geometry 301. It's, it's called numbers up numbers up. Okay. It's kind of a play on words. It means, you know, like your number, it's literally, we're talking about math. So numbers, but also it's time math. You know, we're here. The number's up. The jig is up. Oh, I, I think that's great. A, a long time coming. Um, yeah. So what, what, what sort of, um, what sort of coursework is there in numbers up? Well, uh, we want to get people into the, the mental framework to understand that two plus two can be whatever you want it to be. I see. That's, but it's, you know, two plus two is we, four. If you've been brainwashed. Yeah. Wow. If you've been, if you've grown up in under this system of oppression uh, and the oppression matrix and intersectionality and uh, patriarchy 
and from the river to the sea, uh, then you will understand uh, only that two plus two equals four. Mm -hmm. You've been brainwashed. Mm -hmm. So our job is to decolonize your mind and to <laughs> make you realize uh, that there's much more to two plus two than just four. What if you want it to be apple? I, 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 I guess maybe my colonial mind can't wrap my wrap around this. It, it seems confusing it's, to me. You don't have a lot of years of theory under your belt. And so it's really hard for you to process this. And we understand that. We just ask that you accept it. And if not, uh, we will destroy your life. <laughs> what? You know, we're, we take math seriously. I, I guess so. But can, can I just drop the class instead of having my life destroyed? Well, I mean, if you drop the class, you're kind of making a statement, aren't you? What's the statement? That you, that you disagree with the idea of numbers being up. <laughs> that you're happy with the status quo. I I guess so. Which, and I hate to use Latin because the Romans had slaves. <laughs> That's such a thank you for being so progressive in your thinking. I really appreciate uh, your sensitivity for bringing that up. Yeah, I, I hate using it, but it is a good sounding word. Yeah, it really is. Um, so moving on to your next class, I know, you know, in the humanities, you're and I, gosh, I almost hate to ask about it, but I think it's my job. Uh, introduction to Judaism. Yes. Man, that seems like a, it seems like a tough class to, to be teaching, um, in this day and age. What, uh, what's going on in that class? Well, um, we were just kind of explaining the frameworks, uh, of Judaism and how it has infiltrated all facets of everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and how they control the Bilderberger Society. And um, we just, you know, people see Judaism as a religion. Mm -hmm. Which it is. Well, it, it, it is, but they don't see the lizard people's thing. <laughs> I'm not sure I know what that is. You haven't taken the class. Well, okay, so give me a quick, give me... Read something from the syllabus or something. Tell me, tell me what, what that is. Cause I'm not familiar with the lizard people thing. All right. Let me get the syllabus. Okay. Uh, in this class, we will discuss the roots of Judaism and why they are so bad. <laughs> we will discuss Zionism and how bad that is and why these people came and stole the wonderful land of Palestine from the Palestinian people. Oh. And are so incredibly mean to them, they're doing a genocide. That's that's weird. I feel like maybe you're not using the word genocide right. Well, I mean, a, a lot of people think genocide means uh, trying to eradicate a particular ethnicity or something like that. That's what uh, dictionaries would tell you. Yeah. The, yeah. But I mean, in this case, we have to stretch a little bit because the, the Palestinian population has actually been increasing dramatically over the past few decades. I've noticed. So it's not technically genocide. Right. Uh, but it's a very powerful world word. And uh, when you use it against Jewish people who actually were victims of a genocide, mm -hmm. it really hurts them. Oh, the, oh, that's neat. Yeah. That's really cool. And, and what's what's the final exam for that class? You just have to draw a swastika inside of a star of David. <laughs> That's, that seems horrible. I'm going to be honest with you. Not by the end of the class. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, really good. You know, a final, final curriculum, if you wouldn't mind. I know that yeah. you spent a lot of time on, um, on Columbia's uh, American history uh, curriculum yes. Um, yes. through all levels. 
you want to sort of talk about um, about the American history curriculum? Absolutely. What, you know, what, what can I, what can I expect? Cause I was a big, you know, I took AP history. I, I really was a big history buff and am a big history buff, I think. Um, so what, you know, what, what extra things can I learn in a, in an Ivy league school? Cause I, I didn't get into an Ivy league school. Well, obviously we're going to start with the 1619 project. Uh-huh. Uh, that's kind of the foundational textbook for mm-hmm. our studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will bring in some Howard Zinn. Um, and discuss, I mean, pretty much all the reasons America is a terrible place. Sure. Um, and a lot of times we'll have students kind of raise their stupid little intellectual hands and say stuff like, you know, well, you know, America's terrible, you say, but how come so many people are trying to live here? Mm-hmm. And so obviously that's an F. It's weird that you're, it's weird to me that as we just talk about a curriculum that you're already giving students Fs. That seems. Well, I mean, they're giving, they're getting Fs because they're challenging the narrative. Oh. And that's not something you're allowed to do. I mean, that's a free speech idea. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, that's hate speech mm-hmm. and hate speech is not tolerated that's right. uh, in, in our school or any Good. of the schools I consult with. Uh, anything that makes people feel fearful or uncomfortable or uneasy is hate speech and forbidden. Well, I don't know. I, I guess that it seems, um, it seems problematic, but, but what do I know? I'm, I, I'm glad that you're reaching America's u- utes. Yeah. Well, that's the important thing. You got to get them young. Got to get them. How do you mean? Got to get them. You got to get them educated young. Hmm. Okay. All right. Then- very good. Yeah, otherwise they learn other things and it's not good. <laughs> Wait, I thought that the point was to learn things. Yeah, yeah, we want you to learn the right things. I see. Jack. Brian. Someone else has passed away. Oh, no. And that means there's an obituary. I'm so And that means there's a chance to make some money by reading an obituary on our podcast if you can do it with the gravitas that it needs to have. So it sounds like the glass is half full with this dude's death. Uh, you know, depends who you are in relation to him, but yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess so. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to prove myself and I'm excited to get us this money. Uh, go ahead. Send it to me. Let's go. I send it to you. You oh. should be getting it any second uh, now. And as yep. soon as you get it, we just need to get into obit mode with gravitas. Okay. I, I have it. I have opened it. And I promise you, I have never read this in my life. Okay. Gravitas, Jack. Okay, count me down. Three, two, one, Gravitas. Jason Peavy was called to the Lord unexpectedly on Monday. He was eight. Jason loved his mommy Caroline and his daddy Blake very much, and they loved him very much. He adored his dog Pickles, a Rottweiler pit bull mix they adopted from the local shelter. Jason loved to play games with his mom and dad, like Frisbee or Tic-Tac-Toe or Tag. He also loved chasing pickles, the Rottweiler pit bull mix, with a badminton racket. He would chase pickles and laugh and laugh. It was a very happy sight to behold. But his favorite game of all was hide and seek. Jason loved hiding from mommy and daddy and would often have to keep himself from cackling with glee when he heard them looking for him. He was very good at finding the best possible hiding spot, whether it was under the kitchen sink, in the broom closet, or recently in the garage in a 55-gallon trash bin. (laughs) Jason must have had a very hard time keeping himself from cackling because Mommy and Daddy clearly had no idea where he was. 
He kept from laughing, even as Daddy Blake rolled his hiding spot to the curb. God. As his parents searched high and low, Jason sat quietly in his trash can. He was very patient and could hide all day. But even if he were to cackle out loud, Mommy and Daddy would never hear him over the sound of the 18,000-pound side-loading garbage truck approaching. Jason stayed quiet as the side loader picked him up and dumped him upside down. He was so dedicated to winning, he said not a peep. The good news is Jason won hide and seek that day. The bad news is there can be no memorial service until he is found. <laughs> no, oh, Jason. So sad. Jeez. So sad. You know, it's it's funny. I I, I was thinking the Rottweiler, chasing the Rottweiler with a, a racket might be... um. It's almost like uh, MacGuffin, Hitchcock would call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a little uh, misleading direction. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Kind of take you by surprise. But it's a double tragedy because this little boy is is no more and we're not getting paid. I know. It's it, it equal part uh, tragedy. It's sad. <sighs> Shoot. Well, I'm sorry, Brian. I, I promise. Is there a third? We'll find out. <laughs> okay, well, I'll try not to let you down if I were to be so blessed as to get another opportunity. Yes, we'll see. Okay. So I know you're a big, you know, we've already talked about your job. You've got a lot of jobs, by the way. You're you're a presidential uh, gaffe writer. Yep. (laughs) You're, um, uh, let's see, uh, you you write curriculums for schools. But, you know, where your bread has always been buttered is in um, in the ad game. Yes, advertising. You know, Madison Avenue, that whole thing. You had your own ad agency back in Atlanta in the 90s. And it's always been what you're best at. And companies continue to sort of like reach out to you to, you know, help with their products and everything. And and yep. I know that you're super busy this time of year, uh, you know, during the big shopping rush, you know, with the holidays now upon us, with Thanksgiving over and Christmas coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many big not only sales, but different deals and enticements to get people in the store and and all sorts of things that are beyond just like a, coming up with a catchy catchphrase, all sorts of deals to really try and engage the consumer. I was wondering if you could share us about some of these um, some of these brands and, and, and what they're trying to do to, to get some attention and to increase sales like all good capitalist companies should. Would you mind going through that yes. with us? Of course, I'd be a, I'd be an idiot if I didn't. Now that's that's fantastic. Now I know Ford, Ford yep. uh, the the motor company. Uh, yep. A great American company. Sure uh, is. Ha- has hired you um because they have a, a big holiday plan to sort of like engage customers, you know, now you know, it's not like Best Buy or something, you know, f- cars aren't necessarily like a holiday purchase and everything. So right. what is Ford's plan to try and engage consumers in this busy holiday season? Uh, well, Ford, as you know, Henry Ford mm-hmm. was a bit of an anti-Semite. <laughs> yeah, I think I did know that. You knew that, right? That's why Ford back in the day, they they ran Schindler's List. It was kind of like their way of atoning for it. When they ran Schindler's List on, on television, Ford was the sponsor. Is that true? Kind of their, Yeah, it was their way of kind of apologizing for Henry Ford. Whoa. You know, not Yeah. But uh, now that anti-Semitism is all the rage, they're leaning into it. Oh, okay. So they're they're having the the Ford anti-Semitic sale. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, tell me the details about this sale that you helped them come up with. Well, it's it's called a celebration. 
Okay, that's cute. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but the whole campaign is called Mine Car. <laughs> and they have an AI generated uh, Hitler. Oh, God. And he's driving in, in the window rolls down and there's a an AI generated Hitler. And he turns and he looks at the camera and he just says, would you like to drive Mine Car? <laughs> and it's it's just you're, you're going to get 20% off uh, if you are... Uh, Anglo or Goyim. Like, I mean, that can't be legal, right? Uh, they're they're fleshing it out now with the lawyers, but it seems like it will be soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that I think you are right about that. Wow, goodness! Yeah. And okay, so that's I got you with the Hitler thing. Is so you know it, what are they sort of how are they sort of changing the showroom? Uh, well, I mean, they you're gonna they like the bright red flags now. You know, mm-hmm. Ford has I think traditionally been kind of a bluish kind of color, but now they got the red flags mm-hmm. with the Ford logo, mm-hmm. kind of right right smack dab in a circle in the center. Um, they will you know they'll say things like uh, if you're waiting for service, they'll say like, uh, Mister Helmuth, would you uh, goose step to the counter, please? <laughs> um, you know, they're just they're really leaning into it. Yeah, I guess so. And, and and what's this thing I hear about separating families when when families can what, what's that? Um, well, I mean they they will do selections as you approach the dealership uh, and decide who's allowed to purchase a, a Ford and who must leave the lot. Now, okay, so they're just asked to leave the lot, like they just drive away. Uh, they they don't drive away. Their possessions are taken from them, and they are uh, asked to follow a pathway. A path goes around back. That's goes around back exciting. to where they're testing. Goes around back to the garage where they're testing the engines. Okay, I mean, I, I can't possibly be messed up in any way. They are trying to flesh that out with the lawyers, as I said. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, that's. It's going to be very popular. I know everyone on Twitter is going to be driving a Ford come uh, December 25th. Yes, that's right. Elon Musk is actually changing the name of his company to Ford. (laughs) That's really weird because that name is taken by an auto company. They're fleshing that out too. (laughs) Lawyers are going to be so busy. (laughs) Which is weird because all the lawyers are Jews. Yeah, well, that's why it's going to take a long time. That's just the zeitgeist, and I, it's appropriate to use a German word, I guess. But yeah, times are weird. Times are weird. Well, I, it makes me want to buy a Chevy. I'll be honest with you. That's French sounding. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm sorry I asked about Ford, but I got an mm-hmm. answer. Yep. Um, uh, you know, here's a fun one. Uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. Yes. It's where, you know, I I know I take my kids to get, you know, their batting helmets, their gloves, you know, my Eden, who you've gotten to know, plays Mm -hmm. softball. Jack plays baseball. So I'm always buying them all their equipment there. Now, Dix is trying something, I guess, sort of revolutionary to to boost sales and everything. Uh, You want to sort of tell us what what the plan is at Dix? Yeah. So it's Dix Sporting Goods. Mm -hmm. And the promotion is called What Are You Sporting? (laughs) And so what they've done is they've teamed up with uh, Boston Scientific. Oh, uh, and created a, a machine that laser measures your, uh, your breasts or your groin. Okay. 
And so when you walk through the door, mm -hmm. this laser will scan your crotch or your breast, depending on your gender. Sure. And determine the size of your discount. Oh my God. Yeah. So the more endowed among us will be getting a hefty discount and the, those not as lucky in that department uh, will be getting less of a discount, but it's the Dick's Sporting Goods, what are you sporting promotion? That's really, it's really, it's arbitrary. I'm not sure why people would want to go in. I, this also does explain why I had to pay 110% of my last checkout. There you go. Sorry but, for that. Yeah. Thank you should have called me. I would have gotten you, I would have <laughs> saved you money. It really ticks me off. But, uh, but why, what, what do they think is the allure? Like, why do this? Well, I think obviously you're going to be attracting the, the largest endowed folks in the neighborhood to your store, mm -hmm. which will then attract the lesser endowed folks to your store who want to ogle. Oh, so it's sort of like ladies drink free. Exactly. To, yeah. Huh. That's really interesting. But we are anticipating a great number of mostly males with small penises. Sure, sure. Just sort of like Comic-Con. Yes. Oh, but without the dress up. Sure. Well, that's kind of neat. What, uh, you know, and and what sort of things are they going to be like? You know, I, I know in some of those, um, in some of the bigger dick sporting goods, they have like little areas. They have like a little basketball hoop area and like a little mini batting cage and stuff. You know, what are some of the activities they're going to have customers uh, able to do? Uh, well, there's a, a mounting pavilion. A <laughs> what, what's at the mounting pavilion? So, so for like mountain climbing? I uh, know it's more like you're mounting a, a, a prospective mate. I see. Okay. So a, a mounting station. Is that what you said? It's a mounting station. Okay. How would that, what's, what are the, the logistics on that one? They're going to be uh, putting in dark rooms. Dark rooms? L like yes. for photographs? No, no. These are rooms that are dark. They're very, you can barely see in them. Okay. And the idea is you walk in there and you just kind of grope around and see what kind of discounts the other people are getting. <laughs> that's weird yeah the, and, and rewarding <laughs> yeah i know i bet it makes me want to go to dick's sporting goods i know oreo cookies um yeah. is, is really trying to sort of um cash in this holiday season you know what is oreo planning to do differently to try and um uh you know get a bigger share of the market well, um, they realized that the Oreo is the perfect representation of a black and white harmony. Oh, that's lovely. Yep. So they've paired up with Ibram X. Kendi, <laughs> um, who's going to take the cookie, the Oreo cookie, and break mm -hmm. it apart, lick the white filling, uh, scrape it off with his teeth, and then spit it in the trash. And then he's going to put the two top and bottom back together. And he's like, it's all about this. <laughs> I can see sort of like wanting to have a celebrity uh, endorsement. So I mm -hmm. guess that makes sense, but it seems uh, divisive. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point, isn't it? I guess so. They're going to separate you. I guess. It's an affinity group for cookies. <laughs> so, and, and, and sort of like Costco has like different like tasting displays where you can walk by and, basically eat a meal at Costco, just doing your shopping. I, I guess Oreos are going to have uh, different interactive displays in stores. Would you mind sort of telling us about those displays? So, so Oreo is, um, as you know, it's a black and white cookie. Yeah. 
And they said, oh, after all, you know, these years of this kind of racial strife and nonsense, uh, they want harmony. Mm-hmm. Love it. So, you know, Oreo is the ultimate harmony between black and white. And so uh, they're coming out with a new character called Martin Luther Cookie. And he will be kind of the patron saint of the Oreo. Mm-hmm. And and he has his famous, you know, I have a cream me center <laughs> speech. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it, it's going to be great. Sounds interesting. How, how does unless, the- uh, unless you make your living uh, causing racial strife. So Ibram X. Kennedy might be pissed off. Yeah, no, it's, I, clearly he's not going to be a customer. But it seems like he's on the way out. So they've decided to kind of seize upon that and be like, oh, cool. We want to get along again. Let's do this. Yeah, but do you, re- I mean, do you really want to push Ibram X. Kennedy away I mean, here's a guy who just stole $40 million from Boston University. Mm. Like, isn't that, I mean, that could really help the stock price. It could, but so could be more people buying the cookie oh, than, than uh, his book. You, you Ed guys think of everything. So, yeah. so, so tell me about the, um, okay. So tell us about uh, the, uh, the, I have a creamy center uh, speech. How, how does the, how does the speech go? Uh, I, you know, he's like, I have a creamy center and one day we're going to eat this creamy center. We might eat it alone and we might eat it together. Mm. It's kind of dipping in milk. Mm. Hashagana, hashagana. And then he just shuffles <laughs> off stage. That's <laughs> weird. It seems, seems like an odd character. Now, did you give, yeah. um. Uh, you know, when you created this character for, you know, commercials and for, you know, different, um, you know, like all these characters like sort of have their own Wikipedia pages now. What's the backstory on this character? On Martin Luther Cookie? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, basically, uh, I was with three of my colleagues uh, from the agency. Uh, we went to a late lunch that turned into, you know, kind of a martini festival. Mm-hmm. I had a deadline. You know, back at the office, it was probably eight o'clock at night. We all wanted to get out of there and get back home. And I took some mushrooms and about 45 minutes later, uh, was just drawing on the whiteboard and and started just drawing swirls and things and seeing patterns. And then I saw Martin Luther Cookie <laughs> in that pattern. And I, I went dashing down the hallway uh, to find my colleagues. I burst into their room and I was in the middle of telling them, you know, at the same time, they're melting to me as I'm talking. Mm-hmm. But I said, Martin Luther Cookie is the answer. That's that. And they they, they just went with it. And I just I, I wrote it all up and submitted it. And, th- and that was it. It was the thing. How how does that backstory sort of work its way into the first Martin Luther Cookie commercial? Because I know you you like to draw on real experiences. So can you sort of walk us through those events and how they sort of work their way into the first 30 second spot you guys have? Yeah. Uh, So basically the Ku Klux Klan (laughs) is in the front lawn of this house in the Southern, in Georgia South. And you see them and they, they light up uh, a cross Mm -hmm. fire. And then the door opens of the house and the, father and mother come out, black couple come out and they're looking at the cross, there's tears in their eyes and fear. And then this little boy, eight years old, he comes out and he's on mushrooms and he looks at the fire. 
And he says, it's, this is so beautiful. And he runs up to the Klansman. He's like, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. And he's hugging the Klansman. Uh-huh. And the parents are mortified. They don't think it's so are the Klansmen. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, we're trying to be scary racist. And this little kid, he's, he, he looks like uh, Gary, Coleman? Gary Coleman. I knew it. This little Gary Coleman come runs up and he's, and he's like hugging us and saying, this is beautiful. It's so beautiful. And he's staring at, he's like, and then they just kind of, it melts their hearts and they stop. Oh my gosh. They're like, they're like, they stop being racist. They're like, well, let's not be racist anymore. And they, they're like, you're right. And they went over and they shook the hands of the, of the folks, the, the owners of the house. And, and they apologized and they said, you got a lovely kid here. And, and they all kind of agreed that night to get along and that they could all, you know, cooperate and hate the Jews together. <laughs> far left and far right coming together. It's, isn't it great? Oh God. Unity. And so what's the, the tagline? Like what's the last thing you see on the screen um, before the commercial cuts to black? It says Oreo, you know, Martin Luther cookie basically holds up the Oreo and then the camera zooms into the Oreo. And then it says, let's get them. <laughs> let's get the cookies. I, I assume. All right. It's up to the, it's up to the viewer. <laughs> well, Brian, thanks for adding so much, uh, richness and texture to American culture. Thanks, Jack. I like to help American culture. It's great. You do so much. Well, Brian, I think that's all the time we have. You, uh, yeah, we should you, go. You told me last week that um, go. the end of uh, a podcast is, is sort of that last prime piece of real estate. It's like, they call it the last chance. Oh, it's the last thing. chance to make money. The The podcast is about to, to end. Mm -hmm. And so you got one last ditch effort to, to get that message out there, make some money. I have a third obituary. Another funeral home reached out to me. Somebody else has passed away. And so <laughs> um, this is our chance. It's your last chance to make a little scratch in this episode. If you're cool with that. Uh, of course I'm cool with it. I'm going to, I'm not going to let All you right. down. We're going to end on a it. positive note. Okay. Uh, Sending it now. Sending it. Okay. And it should be there. It's internet. Okay, I got it. Hold on. It's going quick today. All right. I have it opened right in front of me. I have never read <clears> this before <throat> in my life. Three, two, one. Gravitas. Gravitas. Ingrid McKenzie was ushered into the kingdom of heaven on Wednesday after a brief illness. She was 53. Ingrid was a fearless soul, never afraid to speak her mind. She was a champion for self-empowerment and a force to be reckoned with. She was larger than life figuratively and literally. Ingrid was a champion of the body positivity movement and could frequently be found on high traffic internet forums and niche podcasts com combating fat phobia as part of the healthy at every size movement with which she identified. She was a vocal critic of people who were racist against those who wanted to live free from calorie fascism. Ingrid would also frequently lambast those who place so much emphasis on physical appearance when what really matters is what was deep, deep, deep inside. It was for these reasons that Ingrid eschewed Tinder, which was far too reliant on photographs. Ingrid identified as polyamorous because she was open-minded when it came to improving her odds. Ingrid never once drank alcohol, which she felt negatively impacted one's health. When she said, meet me at the pub for a few pints, she was referring to ice cream. <laughs> 
Understanding the importance of dental hygiene when it came to chewing, she brushed her teeth twice a day with cheese. Ingrid is survived by Jabba the cat, <laughs> her faithful companion of the past 13 years. A, mem a memorial service is planned, pending removal of the bedroom door frame. <laughs> Ah, oh, damn. God. Ingrid, we will admit, I didn't know you, Ingrid, but I will never forget you. Just, it would help if I could read these ahead of time. Yeah, it can't. It's not how web bits work. Not sure that's ever been a rule. Uh, all right, well, let's close it out. Uh, tell yeah. everyone you know about the podcast and stuff. Yes, please, and all that, and review us and all that. For the holidays. Oh, yeah. We're asking Santa for something. Gather everybody around the campfire. Yes. Yes. As long as they have the same sense of humor as you. Otherwise, it'll be ugly. <laughs> it'd be really bad. It'd be, you, you're really going to upset people with this <laughs> Jew-hating cookie podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, I apologize for everything <laughs> that we didn't said this week. Tell a friend. <laughs> Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Visit us at qmpodcast.com.